Welcome to the Lounge, a show where I talk to the top designers in the gaming industry. And today I have an amazing guest, Golden Cobra winner Laura Wood. We talk about her game inside, we talk about mental health, we talk about LARPing. Just check this out. I learned a lot, I felt a lot. I want you to sit back and relax and enjoy the lounge. So yeah. yeah. Um, so how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, you must be feeling pretty awful, right? Because it's what six in the morning where you are. Uh, it's 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 seven thirty. But you know. That's, oh, okay. That's not so bad. Yeah, that's the time human people should be getting up. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not convinced. <laughs> I mean, it's the time human people have to get up, but I'm not convinced if it's the time we should be getting up. You should. Get... <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, I, I'm not. My wife and I are not exactly uh, what you would call early risers. Mm. So. Um, I, I told her last night, I'm like, so, um, I'm going to get up early in the morning, uh, to, to check on, uh, the interview with Laura, see if she's, she's good with it. And she's like, what time? And I'm like, well, it's going to be about noon there. And she's like, wait, that's going to be like five in the morning here. I'm like, nope, very close, <laughs> but, um, oh, God. I, well, you know, it's funny. I've worked with, um, I've worked with people like around the world in different jobs and stuff. So like I had, uh, you know, I've had to go in at like, you know, two in the morning to do a call with Australia and stuff like that. So it's, um, it's a unique skill to have. Um, it is. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much good it's really done me in finding a job i feel like that's a thing i don't know how to put that on a resume <laughs> yeah like i can get up early and i don't know i feel like i can get up early and have my mind yeah. in the right place is a really <laughs> useful skill because I, I find like, yeah like, i find like most of my writing and stuff um like most of my creativity happens at about one in the morning when I'm lying in bed mm-hmm. and I'm like oh wouldn't this be amazing and then I have to get up and write it so <laughs> I'm hopeless oh, in mornings I'm definitely the same way I actually uh I, I I have a scale in my head um I don't know if anybody else creative does this um because I feel like it's a common creative thing to like be like dozing off and then all of a sudden it's like oh you know it would be brilliant and uh i have a yeah. smell in my head of how brilliant it is if it's if it, it's a one to ten scale and if it's a one mm. through six i go back to sleep um <laughs> because i have a lot of like ideas yeah um, yeah if it's uh although um it depends on what the idea is because uh because i i write i haven't performed stand-up in a long time but i write stand-up all the time and uh with stand-up i feel like it's a, it's a one through four is to go back to bed i, I have a yeah yeah I, <laughs> I have a much more wide open scale i like a little bit worse comedy sometimes um <laughs> but, i uh, have a night by my bed and some of the things I've written in it um, like at the time I'll have a dream I'll be oh this should be a LARP and then the next day I'll look at it and it will be like a LARP about meta LARPing amazing <laughs> and that's all I've written <laughs> okay then <laughs> obviously my mind was doing something <laughs> yeah yeah you know, I well I can remember I had the, the notebook next to my bed um, and I'm, I'm um, pretty severely dyslexic. And um, as a lot of game designers are, I found out, mm. which is mm. interesting. Um, 
now that I'm a game designer, I'm more of an interviewer, but obviously, um, but, uh, I had this notebook for a time and I, and if I did wake up, I'd like pull open the notebook and I'd have a little, and a little light and I'd turn on the light and I'd write down whatever brilliant thoughts I had. And then one day, and I just never really looked at it. One day I looked at it and it was just chicken scratch. It was unintelligible. <laughs> <laughs> and like look at it and like turn it a little bit. I think that's a word. Um, so if it's not worth me pulling out uh, one of my many electronic devices and typing it up, I go back to sleep. Yeah, so, that's fair. Um, now I I actually uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that I actually just purchased inside. Um, I didn't pay enough for it, um, so I feel like I need to I need to donate to because uh, I because I got to the, the the I was reading through it and um, I, I realized I found out that it goes to Clean Break and I'm like oh I need to pay more money for this, um, but I think that that's one thing I want to let listeners to this podcast know right away is you know this. This is not, you're not profiting off of this. I know. Um, in a way, it would feel wrong to, because a lot of it beca- came from my experience of working with these women. A lot of the characters are mixed up versions of the life experience of these women. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, to do something that it, it felt a bit, it felt like it would be wrong to profit from it. Um, in terms right. of, so it's available on RPG Drive Through. Um, mm-hmm. They've been really great in allowing me to have a link to Clean Break because they don't normally allow links, but they said they want to support charity, so they're allowing me to have the link. Um, but equally, I'm very happy because obviously they take a percentage of whatever I earn. So equally, I'm very happy for people to download and then donate separately. Uh, that that actually yeah that makes a lot of sense because you could say oh, okay well um, I'm gonna I'm not gonna give them anything corporate monsters I I don't feel like that way about drive through RPG at all but uh, no 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 <laughs> but, uh, but, it, it, so, but I I I want to kind of get right out there like this is uh, this is benefiting um, what what looks to be a really great organization. Um, growing growing awareness of organizations like this is, I think, so vital. Um, mm. You know, I think. All right, I'm not a social worker. Um, I've I've worked a little bit in mental health mm. uh, through uh, addiction recovery. Um, you know, on that side of it. So you know, anything I say. Has, has that lens and I and I, I want to qualify mm. with that but I don't think that uh, in, in in the US certainly we've really um, we've really qualified those who are uh, in crisis um, and in prison and and dealing with that aspect of life in any way short of just mm. Basically, forgetting about them. Yes. Um, yes, and this, a lot of this was what inspired it. I mean, there are some great programs in place for women in the UK, and I'm talking exclusively about women purely because that's where I worked, and I, I wouldn't want to talk about the male experience, which is probably different in some ways, but certainly mm-hmm. for women, um, like there's a charity women in prison who report that 79% of women who use their services have reported domestic violence or sexual abuse. So there's a lot of women who are in a very vulnerable place and are put into a more vulnerable place and quite often written off by society. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's so, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, Mm. 
you know, it's heartbreaking. I mean, I can remember working with um, uh, what I was doing as I was I was uh, doing customer uh, customer service and strategy for a company that did addiction recovery applications. Um, so apps on people's phone that would kind of give them that support. But I talked with people who were in recovery. Um, I got to sat down, sit down with some groups and I met some people that had been through the programs and a lot of them had been, you know, in either in jail for a long period of time or in prison. Um, and, you know, and, and universally the experience that they had would be that nothing about that experience was was uh, helped help to get them in a better place and yeah. you know I think it's easy to say oh okay well these are people that have done something bad so they don't deserve anything good but that's you know mm-hmm. that seems like shorthand for you know we 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 uh, we're ignoring the people that are in the worst crisis exactly exactly yes and i think um a lot of people are written off they come out of jail they have um no particular i mean there are some great organizations and part of what i was doing is teaching functional skills which could hopefully at some point allow someone to get a job but then there's also, of course, the stigma of being in prison. Um, so they might come out with no qualifications. They might come out with some qualifications. But there's also mm-hmm. needs to be the change in mindset because a lot of the women in there, things felt quite hopeless for them, even if they could see an end date for their appeal, which quite often one of the more horrific things was that they would be um, given a date where they'd be released on tag so released but monitored um and then they decide actually no they can't be released or there'll be people who because of um some aspects of the uk law could in theory be held indefinitely without knowing or could be released at any time um so it became impossible to get them interested in what could possibly be outside of prison because they just didn't know if that was an option Mhm. Wow. Oh, I mean that's it, it, it's it's heartbreaking, and uh, and it's you know especially from the standpoint of ha- having had the opportunity to and, and and I'm sure your experience was way more in depth than me. But one of the things that I said is like if I was in a position where I was I was hiring, and at the time it looked like I might be because um, we're looking to bring on a bigger staff. Um, I would look at people who had been in prison, and obviously, you know, you go mm. through the interview process and everything, but that yeah. that would never be a stigma to me because so many of the people that I met were so determined to mm. not... So yeah, there's like this drive. And like that, you know, I think that's, that's like a message I... I I would hope to get across, you know, hey, I have a platform. Hey, there's 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 a message I'd like to say is like, don't discount people because they've been incarcerated, because those sometimes those people have way more drive than people that, you know, haven't had to to undergo that. Um, And yeah. I, I I mean I and 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 uh, from the other side of that, um, the uh, not from the other side of it necessarily, but like the fact is that when somebody has been incarcerated, is no longer incarcerated, they have they have done their due diligence for society, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so. um. From a practical point of view, if we keep punishing them, 
by not hiring them, we're not going to put them in a place where they feel accepted and they feel they, they've done their time and they're now accepted and now part of society. They're going to feel like outsiders. And if they yeah. feel like outsiders, that's probably what leads to reoffending. But that also leads to loneliness, depression, suicide. Yeah. Hey, like everybody listening, remember these things. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to talk talk to you about this because um, I I love. You know, I've talked about a lot of different games that are, you know, one of the interviews that I've done on the show is, is it was, was a Savage World game. And, you know, like I've, like I've talked about some stuff that is um, maybe not necessarily mainstream, but like this, this is, this is, was, this kind of game is the reason I wanted to do this show in the first place. Um, <laughs> Because uh, I love, I love, I I haven't played a lot of LARP. Um, Like a lot of uh, American gamers, I got sucked into a fantasy LARP a long time ago Mm. and um, was, um, uh, you know how they'll say sometimes experiences may vary. Um, well, my bit mine varied on the lower end of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but I have this fascination and love for um, for what is generally referred to as "quote unquote" Nordic LARP, um, mm-hmm. and it feels like this really in-depth emotional experience that that can happen in this variety of of realms where it's not, you know. I mean, not to generalize American LARP, but I feel like so much of it is about hitting people with with things made of foam, mm. and not and necessarily of course, about we have like. That in the UK. Yeah. Sure, and it, it, and I feel like that's anywhere you might go with LARP, but you 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 also find those elements where you've got um, you've got these emotional journeys and becoming the, the, the character. Um, yeah. Um, so we have, um, in, I mean, in the UK, we've got, um, a big tradition of fest LARP and we have, um, other types of LARP called UK free forms, which are quite often, I'm not going to do them justice if I explain them here because it's not a type of, LARP I'm part of but it's quite about secrets and mysteries and getting information to solve things for your character um which I've played I have I actually I haven't played any of the fantasy LARP I haven't done any of the hitting people with saint swords but I have a friend who's promised she's going to take me so I feel like I need to give it a go but Nordic LARP Mm -hmm. has always been my um just my favourites, um, yeah. just because of the emotions it triggers, just um, because of immersion. Um, so, so before I spoke to you, because I thought Nordic LARP would come up, I looked up the definition on the Nordic LARP wiki of Nordic LARP, <laughs> and it's about immersion. So about becoming your or your aim is to become your character particularly when you have a lot that goes on over a couple of days your aim is to to an extent become your character and think like your character and obviously no one can do that 100 percent of the time but you can do it some mm-hmm. of the time and that's pretty awesome and then um Another aim is collaboration, so playing to lift each other up. So not blocking someone else's play if it's interesting to them. Um, and not necessarily because you might your characters might hate each other, but play, mm-hmm. making sure that you have a really good scene about how you hate each other and screaming at each other, you know, across the tavern about how much you hate each other. Um, and the other thing is artistic vision which I'm less sure about 
because I don't feel all Nordic LARPs have artistic vision. I mean, I would call inside more political than artistic, but I suppose it depends on what the player thinks. But yes, yeah, so for I, I would definitely, sorry, go ahead. Um, no, so I was just saying, so for anyone listening who do, who doesn't know, that's um, the Nordic LARP wiki definition of um, of um, Nord of Nordic LARP, anyway. So, if that clears anything up at all, that's amazing. And I and I also have read that, but but I mean, I'm sure that there are listeners that haven't yeah. heard that. I, the only reason when I found out that I'd be doing this show. Um, I started uh, basically listening to every episode of Backstory that I could by Alex Roberts, um, mm. who has been a guest on this show. Yes, um, yes, I have. Okay, good. Um, and so you heard me gush when I talked to. to yes, um, I did. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I, um, I, I agree. She's absolutely amazing. Oh, she's so great. Um, She's one of those people that you could talk to for hours, and it's like, oh, that's why you're doing this show, which I hope I hope to be that good of a host. But um, <laughs> but I that's like just listening to that kind of got me researching Nordic LARP and finding out more, and you know, um, and the I I would 100% from a from a an outsider perspective consider inside to be artistic simply because um you know everybody defines art in a different way and i i always kind of define it as something that makes you feel something and reading through this even like reading through what the character creation would be and imagining playing this um i i i it even then felt something so um yeah it's uh so so let's let's talk about what the how the actual game runs and everything um sure so um i just want to before before i start going through um if we talk through some of the characters some of the things that are going to be raised um include things like rape sexual violence suicide eating disorders and um the death of a child so um i just want anyone listening to be aware that these um are potential content warnings that might occur um also child pornography is another issue and then i can talk about specific examples from the game but i i don't want to thank thank you so much for that safety check that's an important thing that i in my head thought of but Sometimes my head doesn't, re- as we noted, it's early for me still. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And um, I think even, I think it's a relatively new thing, even maybe less so in Nordic LARP, but I think even in Nordic LARP. Um, so, yeah, so the idea is, um, this isn't a game you play for fun. Um, so in Nordic LARP, we talk about type two fun, which is the fun of the misery of discovering um, that your sister has betrayed you in some way and you're now all alone in the world and you can curl up and cry and there's something quite cathartic and enjoy about, enjoyable about that. And we call that type two fun. And this game isn't even really about that. There, There is no fun to be had. Um, so it's about basically the boredom and the restrictions on the women in prison and it's played out through a around 45 minutes it's generally up to the gm to judge for 45 minutes to an hour um of the students sitting in a classroom and learning or trying to learn um and it's not about anything that's changing it's about something that happens today and will happen tomorrow um so character creation and workshops 
actually take up more time than the game itself and the mm -hmm. reason for this is because even though it's not actually expressed in the game I wanted people to have a full character so there's a lot of character backgrounds which is only in the head of the player they know that their character is waiting for an appeal although they know their character was um, abused as a child but that's not something that's necessarily going to come out in the game it's just something else that might have been another issue as to why they're maybe struggling with their education because they couldn't focus at school or um, maybe they're angry because of that or maybe there are other reasons that they're angry um, so with all so the character creation is set out in different stages and you can look at your childhood your adulthood and there are pieces of paper um, that you can choose that are pre-written um, the reason why I went with the pre-written method is because I wanted to convey what it's really like for the women but I didn't want to give a character sheet which is just this is your person I wanted people to think logically and also some of these things come from real life situations which I've obviously changed a bit but I didn't want to um, for it to become all about one person who I know then um, they, you choose the conviction and there are various types of things people might have been in there from serious to less serious and then there's how they've behaved in prison are they bullied are they a bully um, it's, it's more nuanced than that but there are issues for example they might be being kept awake at night this was something that quite often occurred people would be kept awake because the person cell next to them would be playing loud music so they would come into class half asleep and then finally their attitude to education whether they're angry or resentful or scared um, and players pick through these um, and put them together and at this point they have five parts of a person but not necessarily a coherent character so then um, we do some exercises around walking as you were as a child as you were as an adult as you are in prison um, and how that, how that how that changes how you behave towards people um, in the card in the cards um, that you can get that tell you about your childhood or your adulthood or your time in prison there are pieces of paper clipped to it or clipped to some of them which are rumors and these are things that someone knows about you and you fill in your name and give it to another player um, so for an example of this might be I have one character who um, is very depressed in prison so the things people know about her is that she's unwashed she smells she doesn't engage mm. um, people don't want anything to do with her um, there's another one who's potentially sentenced um, for child pornography um, and again there's a lot of anger around that so you pass out rumors which are about anger which are about low-level bullying of these people um, and then it plays out in a classroom the GMX is the teacher um, actually mm -hmm. an interesting point is in a, an original playtest I had the teacher as a player character and it just the person playing the teacher said never do that to me again because um, it really didn't work there was nothing the teacher spent the whole time trying to keep control so there was nothing they could bring out about their background so no now the teachers the GM um, and they have to keep control inside the inside the classroom with a group of people some who don't want to be there some who do and so the and it's it's not just 
keep control inside the classroom. It's for the the class itself. It has to extend, which is such a great, uh, yes. I guess, twist. Um, that the 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 lockdown. Yes. Um, I don't want to give everything away necessarily. No, no, but. no, it, it's fine. Um, it's something that happens quite often. Or not, I, I would say um, relatively often when I work there, something would happen like a knife would go missing from the cafeteria or you actually wouldn't know the reason for it or something would be found so everyone had to be kept inside while their rooms were searched um and so the class would go in lockdown which meant you'd planned a lesson for a certain amount of time and now you suddenly had a group of students who didn't want to be there but didn't know how they could get out and couldn't leave um at all to go even to go out to the bathroom so um the idea of that is to keep it, I suggest 30 minutes for the class, 15 minutes for the lockdown, but it's quite often really up to the GM's discretion. Um, mm -hmm. And the idea is just to give a sense of powerless again, that the students are stuck in there. It's the, the two things, the two options that really jumped out to me was because you have you you mentioned like the knife has gotten missing from the canteen and you know a couple other things you don't know and you don't know but you're not telling and that just jumped out to me because it was like that seems so real like just not knowing <laughs> yeah you know and 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 then but even the possibility of knowing and not telling and then like I can imagine the the players sitting there thinking that you know no matter what. Whether, yes, whether absolutely. Or no. ah, so good. Um, I'm, I'm glad you got that out of it because that's really what I wanted to get out of it. That the players that will hope, or the, the characters will hopefully think the teacher does know whether or not the teacher does know. And sometimes there might right. be good reasons for the teacher not telling, um, like if rooms are being searched in the wing that the women are in quite often um, that could lead to chaos or it might be that actually um, something's not entirely safe and they don't want to wor worry the people in there so yeah or it might be that the teacher just likes having the power of knowing and not telling. Um, one of the other things that I that I took note of is you have a, a box in here uh, that says, I recommend that male players consider playing more passive characters. Um, and as I was reading through this, I was kind of thinking like, like if, if a male was to play some of these characters, it might come off as different, uh, you know, is, is, is a little bit more, um, uh, I don't know. I like like when I play an aggressive character, um, it it tends to be. Um, boy, I, I really wish I could uh, <laughs> actually actually put out there. It it it, it tends to be something that mm -hmm. um, I'm not gonna do in a, in a in a group of people I don't know real well. Do you know what I yes, mean? Yes, of course. Um, like if I'm playing an angry character or something, it's going to be around people that I know very well because I I can do that, you know, in mm. anger and stuff. I I have a tendency to play somebody who's boisterous, and and uh, uh, rather than rather than um, just angry. Um, yes. But there's a lot of opportunities for somebody to play an angry character, and I. I think that that's interesting. Did you did you run into um, any concerns with that? Um, yes, it was. So first to say it's a recommendation. By all means, if someone who is male um, feels that 
you know, they, they can pull off this character, by all means, please do. But it's a recommendation mm-hmm. based on um, one of the playthroughs I had. And it was somewhat about the male characters in that we felt the more bullying, aggressive characters. Um, it was as much about, sorry, I should say players. It was as much about the female players who felt that if they were also playing a bullying female player or non-male player, then um, even if they were supposed to be in a kind of power struggle or kind of even, it felt just like male aggression um, pointed towards them. It felt different somehow. Um, that's mm-hmm. some of the feedback I got. The, the male players felt that um, in some ways it was harder to portray these um, low-level female aggression. Um, I actually have a friend who used to work in a male prison, and he said in the male prison he worked on, the um, stress level was either zero or ten. So like every, everything was calm and wonderful, or there was a massive fight breaking out, and um, mm-hmm. it was really violent. Whereas in a women's prison, I would say everything simmers at about a six. So there's quite a lot of low-level bullying. Mm. Um, Occasionally there are incidents, but most often it's lower-level bullying. Um, And that's something I wanted to get across. It's just sort of day in, day out of loss of liberty, being forced to live with people who um, are doing things to harm you, just maybe not in an overtly physical way. Um, which is the reason I recommended it. Um, it's, it is that it, it seems to work, but obviously it's up to the discretion of the player and people are going to know whether they can pull off a realistic sort of female um, bully character or whether it's going to, um, it would be better for them to play a more passive character. Yeah. That it that makes a lot of sense. Um, the the the. I mean, I feel like I feel like I, having lived a a male experience and been around um, guys my life, I feel like zero or ten tends to be the uh, just a good overall descriptor. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. Immediately when you say that, I think of me in traffic. So, uh, <laughs> Isn't that I'm not always at my traffic. best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I, I've, uh, not a thing I should probably admit on something I'm going to release to the public, but I've, there have been times where I'm driving in traffic, and most of the time, you know, you're just neutral, nothing, you know. But like somebody cuts me off or somebody does something that I that I in my brain have determined is uh, is counter to what I would like people to be doing. And there have been times where I've thrown out just the most inane things and to the point where it got me laughing about how stupid Mm. whatever threat I yelled to myself in my car actually was. (laughs) No, I know. I've had um, London transport is the best for getting you in this mood. Um, And you get absolutely furious. And then 10 minutes later, it's like, yeah, that was so stupid. Why did I even say that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm glad it's not just me. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> but uh but, but getting back to that um it's um have have you had so you've had males um i know that you you know some some males that have played in the play test and um what is what is the experience for for guys who who uh play then like like and and obviously you know you don't have to give any specifics or anything because i'm sure it's very personal yeah. but um but like yeah, I mean, just just overall, um, what's some of the feedback that you've gotten? 
Um, I I was actually deeply surprised by um, how pos how much positive feedback. I, I wasn't surprised, but how I guess how moved, how emotionally effective it was for men. Um, I was surprised by that because although um, I've I've had a group of people and who would say. I feel like who would say it was well written or whatever, but I, I was de I was deeply surprised by um, the emotional response from some of the men um, that it did make people think, and it did make people feel emotional, and and particularly um, with the men, I was surprised a lot of the topics I touch on um, in the character creation are quite specific to women um i'm mm -hmm. sure and i would love to see an equivalent made for men but um yeah for for this one it's generally about abuse that women have suffered or things they've gone through pregnancy that sort of thing um missing their children so i i was surprised about the how the, the emotional impact that I had on some of the men that's that's interesting and and it's um it's for me it's both interesting and not surprising because i because like i feel like that is I, this is okay this is not a game that i would want to run this is a game i'd want to play um okay. and and just see what that experience is like yes um it's one of the things that I, I, you know, you mentioned that character creation probably takes longer than the actual play of the game. But mm -hmm. like for me, the character creation component of this is very much uh, 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 an aspect of play. Um, yeah. You're building this intricate layered person and then giving that person vulnerability um, and it's just this, it, it feels like this journey, even before you actually start to play the game. Uh, and, and that's, that's a, a really awesome thing to me. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think this is one of the, I guess the, the difficulties of it that I've, um, that I wanted people to feel, um, like creating their characters but then also moving as their characters and then they have time to create their characters a full person in their mind and they have about five minutes to think how they got there what happened why um and i feel like there's lots of stuff about characters is not one of the games where um the background is going to come out and be revealed it's just the fact that a mm -hmm. lot of these women have been for an extremely difficult time and then they're being forced into a classroom for something which is helpful for them because the recommended link i taught them is english as a second language um upper which could also work as basic english grammar so it's something that is useful for them but at the same time they're being maybe a bit patronized um i have a set of classroom rules at, at the end of the game about how you have to refer to your teachers sir and miss and not swear in class and all these things come from actual rules in the prison and it's difficult i think when you feel that mm -hmm. rightly or wrongly that you you've had a more difficult life than the person who's standing in front of you and you've been more and if you value education maybe that's okay but if actually you don't want to be there then that's a difficult position to be in it i oh, i can imagine um yeah this is uh this is powerful i i i'm even just having read through this um, if the opportunity ever comes up to play this, I will 
I will 100% be there. I don't know. I don't know if I would ever want to, to, uh, uh, be the teacher. Um, mm. and that's one of the things I, I look at with this, but, um, but I, I, I can't, the, the, the concepts here are, are very powerful. Um, now this, I mean, you, you, you came up with the idea of the game itself from your personal experiences or your work experiences. Um, have you, uh, how long have you been playing games? Oh gosh. Um, I was been playing. So I actually have took an unusual route into games, I would say, because everyone I know was telling me, oh, yeah, I was playing D&D when I was 12 and, um, you know, all of this. So about five years ago, I started playing indie RPGs. Um, mm-hmm. And then about four years ago, I started um, I started playing and writing Nordic LARPs. So awesome. compared to a lot of people, not that long at all. Yeah. It's what I love about this kind of current phase of of um of of gamers is that more and more the experience is not having come into it playing D and D. Um but I mean, that's there. There's a lot of people because it's it's such a ubiquitous uh, 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 product that you know a lot of so many people that if they play a game, that's the one they play. But I I love that um, you know I've heard of a few people that say, oh yeah, my first game ever was you know Apocalypse World. Mm. Well, amazing. <laughs> you know, it sounds awesome. Um, and uh, and there's a few people that I've heard interviews with. Say, oh yeah, my first time playing was you know in this this Nordic LARP, and I'm like how how, how that's how, like somebody says, hey, you want to go try this thing? And you know, like you know, I try to imagine that scenario. Um, the um, so. Uh, have you have you released other games? Um, yes, I've um, well released is a strong word. I need to <laughs> find some um, central repository to put things in. I've certainly run them at festivals, um, and most of them are in actually a state to be run by other people. So I just need to find somewhere to put them all. Um, but so the first game I wrote is here comes a candle about a group of revolutionaries against the dystopian regime who have to decide they have an hour to decide which one of them is going to die as a scapegoat to the rest of them um that's um one of my most popular ones that's um quite a lot of people request that i run it or ask to run it um i think because it's it's quite easy to run. Um, I use a similar character building technique in that you take bits of, so so you have um, in this one, you have three personality traits um, that you can play on. Um, and you obviously can play on personality traits, but these are the three things that core of your personality. Um, and then you have a reason you should be the one to live. So the reason it shouldn't be you and the reason to die, the reason you should be the one to die. But in a lot of workshopping, like we spend a lot of workshopping, and in it, uh, we try and build everyone together as the family. So the idea is um, if you're sacrificing someone, it's not just a political move, you're sacrificing someone who's a member of your family of choice. Uh, I think at the time I was playing around a lot with the idea of family of choice and um, the idea of forming a group of people and loving them like they were family. So, yeah, that was my first one. And I think that's probably my most popular one. Um, And I wrote um, with um, David Owen, Carolina Soltis and Patrick Bailand, a game called Living Embers, 
which is um, the weirdest one I'd wrote. I'd, I'd say out of weird Nordic games, this is the weirdest of weird Nordic games that um, I've come anywhere near. Um, and it's about the normalization of abuse, um, but it, it's done through having weird, surreal characters enter the house and um, every character at the end has to make a decision of whether to burn the house and break the cycle or um, continue and let, and let things continue. But it is very weird. Um, yeah, that's what I'll say about that game. Living Embers, you should, uh, I think it's on the Stockholm Scenario Festival if people want to download it, but it's very weird. Um, that sounds yeah. like, so I, 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 you know, I've said for a long time that, that I thought that gaming was a way to deal with, not deal with, but address mental illness, social concerns. Yeah. Kind of, and Laura, I think, I, I have to think that you're proving that. <laughs> that's, that's a true thing. I mean, okay. <laughs> it, um, I, um, it's now you, you run a lot of LARPs. Uh, do you play anything? Um, yes, I play a lot. Um, I'm just on my way on Thursday to a LARP called Fight Like a Girl, which is a LARP based on different fight crews. Um, it's a, um, all the characters are non-male um and uh, meeting up for the first time in a long time and i've built some relationships already it's going to be very emotional i'm going to cry loads and i'm looking forward to that um and then uh, after that i'm playing a nice evening with the family which is based on various plays quite a lot of ibsen plays um and you get cast as a character and um you play through a dinner party basically um i've had really good things about that but i have no idea how it'll work i've heard of that and i am dying to try it try a it nice, nice, I, I i it's it's one of those things where in in this for me this journey of 2018 has been discovering all these like new LARPs, a nice, it, it, it's, a, it's a nice evening. I always think it's a quiet evening with family, but it's a nice evening. <laughs> I don't um, think you'll be quiet. That's one of those, yeah, you're right. Um, that's <laughs> one of those ones that you you hear about and you're like, oh, like uh, I'm, I'm a, uh, uh, I, I do improv comedy. Mm. Um, and I've made jokes for many years that, I believe that improv drama is mm -hmm. a viable thing, and I'm I'm kind of fascinated by it, but I've never successfully pulled it off. Um, but I feel like like that, and um, the other one that I'm fascinated by is um, it's a weekend mark called Just a Little Lovin'. Oh my God, yes. I'm so disappointed because I wanted to go this year, but I didn't get into, um, I went through the lottery and I didn't get in, but I'm definitely next time it's run, I'm going to go. I, I really want to go so badly. I, I so want to go so bad. Oh, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, like, like, but the, the idea that, these topics can be addressed through play. Yeah. Um, I really think it feels to me, uh, and this is probably my ego, you know, weirdly writing checks that my id can't cash. Um, but it feels to me like, like that's an important thing being able to, to, to create these conversations, these spaces where we can tell these stories that are mm. real stories. 
that feel feel real um, yeah. and give us an emotional connection with people that have actually gone through these things. Yeah, definitely. I think that's yeah, definitely I, true. Uh, I guess basically what I'm saying, Laura, is that you're creating LARPs that make people better people. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> um, the, uh, so um, we're, we're low on our time. So I just want to ask, do you ever get to play any, any tabletop at all? Um, oh, yes. Um, Andrew, who um, yes. spoke to you. Yeah, um, I've played some tabletop with him in the past. Um, I was running a online campaign of Monster Hearts, but it got a bit difficult because, um, like, scheduling people, oh, my God. Um, but um, I've got one starting up, I think, on the 5th, which is soon. I need to check that out. Um, but, yeah, I've got, a, I think it's a two-shot starting up. So um, whenever I get the chance, yeah, I do like to play. Um, yeah. I think my favourite is the Powered by the Apocalypse I like, particularly if I'm GMing, because it's quite painless to GM. Um, but there are various other amazing systems. I like things like Fate, where you get rewarded for messing up, basically. That's when I, I remember reading that rule for the first time. Somebody uh, invited me to an online um, Apocalypse World game, and I was like, "Well, how do I get experience? I get experience points when I fail. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, yes, yes." Uh, that, yeah, I had that moment of analyzing my real life, and I'm like, I have so many uninspired experience points. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should be super powered by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I um, I think playing online has really changed how how and what I can play. Um, you know, I have a, I have a, I call them the IRL group, the the real life people. Um, that I play with on a regular basis, but now I have several groups that I play with online and scheduling is always the hiccup. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, when you can get that together, I'm a little bit fascinated by, um, play by post, um, oh, yeah. which is, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I I've seen that a few places and I've seen successes, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around it and I keep trying to like, oh, maybe I should join in this one. But then I'm like, no, I'm doing a billion other things already. Do I need yeah. an extra, you know? <laughs> no, I absolutely get it. I, mean, I attempted it with my friends. And again, there was just like, because I always have new game excitement. So I was posting loads and then I had to wait for other people to respond. And oh, I just got so frustrated. Um, I do think um, I need, want to try again with De Deeper Fundus, which is a game, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. No. It's um, a letter writing game. Um, in It's, it's Lovecraftian. Um, oh. And the idea is you, you write letters, you have a group of correspondents and you you have some connection so it would make sense that you'd be writing to each other and you write letters and things slowly get weirder over the course of the letters and um i tried it but it fizzled out but then i'm wondering if i should try it again and be more committed <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it that sounds um that sounds really cool actually um uh, i just heard about that not too long ago uh but i forgotten the name of it because weird words sometimes fizzle yeah, out yeah, in my yeah. brain. Um, <laughs> but um yeah it's it, it, it's this amazing world so i mean we we're talking about how people started gaming um i played D D when i was seven mm -hmm. um and that kind of became began a lifelong obsession but i didn't really get into gaming until 
playing superhero and cyberpunk and, you know, paranoia games and stuff like that. Um, And, like, to see, I remember, like, oh, you have to have this box set and you have to get a bunch of people together for an afternoon. And, you know, this is how you do it. And to see all these different venues that we can be creative and, and, and tell stories together. Um, like it just, it just feels like it's evolved in such a really cool and important way. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm, yeah. I, 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 I feel like I've carved out my little piece of it, but mm-hmm. part of me being able to do that is getting to talk to people like you who have really, been at the forefront of building it so i'm you know i'm thanking you (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i'm i'm dying to get uh dying to get to to you know uh go out your way um to play some of these like super awesome larps uh andrew andrew showed me the um uh, what was the superpower LARP that has the castle? Um, oh, oh, you uh, mean Marks? Yes, no? Marks. Marks. Yes. Are you playing that? I'm. I'm not. Um, it sounds like Andrew is going to get to, and I saw that, and I was like, oh. I need to I need to expand my uh I need to expand my travel budget. Um yeah, try and try and line it up so you can get to all the UK laps. I think actually it's interesting how over the last um, couple of years the UK is really emerging as a scene for these type of laps. Um whereas oh. before we didn't really have any. I, I mean it like way more than I knew about before I before uh, yeah. before I talked with with Andrew even um, I it, yeah um, I mean it's th- there are times where I feel like you know I might be hanging out in the wrong country but that's so uh, that's yeah I think you are and... <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um that's settled. I'll be I'll be right over. Um Okay, excellent. <laughs> um listen, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. Um I I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. Um I I want to stress that everybody should go check out inside and um uh, and see what it's about. Um I'm I'm hoping to get to play it at some of these conventions that we've got coming up around here. Um, if, if not play it, maybe I don't think I could run it. I don't think I could, uh, but, but, uh, um, but, but also like, I just want to encourage anybody listening to check out some of the, the, the amazing things that's happening in LARP and, and these, these cool opportunities to, become someone very different so um, and thank you great thank you thank you so much Laura Wood for coming by and sharing inside with us and your experiences and talking about LARP Thanks for, for being on Twitter, at Worlds of Note on Twitter, and having a blog at blogspot, worldsofnote.blogspot.co.uk. And hey, everybody, go check out Jianghu Hustle. Train alongside fellow students Eric Farmer and Eli Kurtz. Jianghu Hustle. Eric and Eli make their kung fu stronger by watching wuxia films and discussing how to apply their observations to game design. Thanks for coming by. We'll see you next time, as always, on The Lounge.